your opportunity to look behind the scenes of science to see if science likes beards. Oh, That's the sound of my beard. Ooh. Oh, Gibbo, where's your beard? Oh, you got a little bit you of a beard. you got a bit of a beard on today, too. I've got a little bit. I'm Andy Stapleton, and joining me today are Christopher Teabag Gibson. Namaste, BA. Namaste, Schmoopy. And Cameron Schmoopershira. Good results, Chris, and good... Um, money, Andy. Thank you. Oh my God, I'm just a ca- capitalist pig. <laughs> Good on you, man. <laughs> I've made it. Uh, yeah, you've done it. I do do science communication for the greater good. Nope, just okay. for money. So there you go. Do you know what? Like, I was looking the other day, and I I realised that if I'm not being paid to to communicate science, I don't read any science. Okay. It's like I don't miss. Mm. miss so it's not your hobby. Quite, no, it's not anymore. I used to read like new scientists and stuff. Do you know what I mean? You're not yep. keeping up on transparent electrode research. Oh, no, surprisingly. <laughs> Actually, do you know what I am? Because <gasps> sometimes people send me papers because my UniSA account is live now that I'm an affiliate with the Innovation and Collaboration Center. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're like, "Hi, Dr. Stapleton. This may be interesting to you." It's not. Stop doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. Do you- Delete, or do you just write back saying, boring? <laughs> I send back a picture of my bum. <laughs> um, well, this might be interesting to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's, this is how interesting I found your article. <laughs> interesting. This is where I put it. Um, all right. Do you, so, Gibbo, do you like beards? Um, On your I, men? I, I can't grow one. Because yeah. it's too patchy yeah. and it gets too itchy, yeah. and I always, I always opt out before mm. before it gets to the stage where it's not itchy. Yeah. So I don't know what that's like. So I, I think beards are okay, though. I'm not, I'm not against beards. I think they can look pretty good. In fact, I've seen plenty of people when they shave their beard, they just look so different. Yeah. You're like, get that thing back on. You're gonna look. You're gonna get used to my beard, and then I'm gonna shave, and you'll be like, oh, it's Andy's younger brother. Yeah. Yeah, you'll look strange, I think, after a while. Mm, thank without you. Without a beard. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Shmoopy. My thoughts on beards? Yeah. Uh, I don't mind them. You've got um, one. Well, yes. Are you trimming that shit up at the moment? <laughs> no, not yet. What about your mustache? That must be annoying. It is, yes. Yeah, trim that shit up. <laughs> I See should, how mine, I? I just I get a little me, whatever that's called, yeah. trimmer, and I just cut it in. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, I end up licking yeah, the hairs. That's what I do now. Kate goes, "You're licking the hair." <laughs> she doesn't <laughs> like it because I'm like sat like in public going. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. I probably do that too without thinking about it. Yeah, I do really like the idea of a long like waxed mustache though. Mm. So I'm gonna have to get past that if I want that. What about? Um, I I always like the ones like the World War One guys. It's sideburns, mustache, and nothing else, mm. and they just join like a mutton chop. Yeah, like, but there's no beard yeah. on the chin or anything like do that. that. Oh, you you, do that. you can do that better than me. You I'm, can do I'm that. Very dude. bad on the side. I don't on really have. Yeah, I do like have to fill in. Like Chris says, like I am also a very patchy person I'm who patchy. just hasn't. I I don't. I, yeah, I'm not caring the, about it. I don't see why it. The beard. I don't see it. Uh, Lazy part laziness so, or is it a fashion statement? I've got a three and a half month old child. Um, That's when it started for me. Irregular <laughs> shaving all begins with kids. Any second that I get mm. uh, is very precious to me. Yeah. So I, I don't know how. When am I going to find the minute it takes to shave? I, yeah. I used to. Um, I used to be a three or four day. You know, every, every three or four days shave. shave. Yeah. No problem. Never, yeah. never found it a chore. Now it's often a couple of weeks, and then it's like it's like. Towel down on the floor. Ooh, what are you doing? Because what? the water goes everywhere. It's, when there's oh. a lot of hair, it becomes a huge ordeal. Well, it doesn't have to. Just make smaller movements. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a messy person. So if I'm going to shave a lot of hair off my face, it's going to get bad. In. It's going to get bad. Yeah. Tarp down. Tarp, tarp <laughs> down. It's camping. Outside, basically. hose down. <laughs> yeah, yep, exactly. 
Um, I clearly like beards because I've got uh, it's growing well, isn't it? Mine. It's going good, man. It's I've going good. I've got a bit of gaps in the side, but overall, nice shape. I trimmed it up at the neck. You see this mm. week. It's quite full and luxurious. Yeah, on I'm your still, face. I'm still getting weird tufts, but I've got to let it grow out so it's like it so it flows. Apparently, okay. It's still tufty. Yeah, no, it looks pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, what do you think science would, Schmoopy? Would science like beards? Well, I always think about science does like to experience everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that science wouldn't like a beard, though. So mm. I read, I heard recently that the reason why humans don't have hair covering their entire body mm. is because the the way that our brain works, we would overheat if we had oh. hair covering our body. All oh, right. So I think science's brain works so hard that it <coughs> would overheat if it had any extra hair on it. Nice. So science is completely hairless and likes it that way. <laughs> Yo, I, I heard and I read oh, somewhere yeah. that we actually have the same number of hair follicles as a chimp. Yeah. It's just most of our hair is a lot finer. Right. Is the difference. Yeah. Uh, I think science would like beards mm. for some reason. All right. I think probably just because I remember growing up watching a lot of TV shows where scientists had beards. Yeah. Is that? Einstein had a beard, didn't he? No. He had a moustache. moustache. Yeah. He had a moustache. He did have facial hair though, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. maybe that's where or it comes from. Like if you think of Isaac Newton, maybe. Beard. Mm. Yeah. Did he have a beard? Mandelayev had a big old beard. Oh, very good. Yeah. Um, I feel like science would like beards, and I'll tell you why. It's science-y. Someone once told me that in undergraduate labs, um, they were doing this experiment and their demonstrator came up to them and they were waiting for this thing to crystallize and fall out of solution. And they were like, it's not working. And the the demonstrator came over, he had a big beard and he scratched the beard (laughs) over the solution and the little dandruff, I assume, that landed in it caused like enough of a surface area for things to start crystallizing out mm. and it worked so there we are gross that's gross <laughs> i've changed my mind science hates beards <laughs> it's time for news of the week that sounded painful. Okay. Try to cut that one out, camera. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Uh, <laughs> I gotta be sneakier and more. That, uh, that can't be avoided. That can't be avoided. I, well, I've got re- previous recordings. Shit. Oh shit. Oh well, never mind. Uh, news for the week. Uh, what? Uh, Gibbo, what have you been up to, mate? Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll keep it reasonably short. All right. Uh, paper accepted. <gasps> Boom. Thank you. In the journal. Nanoscale advances. Advances what? Just advances. <laughs> Just no advances. Were you? That was an invited one, was it, or is it? No, not? no, no. This was not invited. This this bounced around a few other places before it decided to settle <laughs> at nanoscale advances. Before it found its home. Found its yeah. home. That's a much better way to put it. Yeah. Um, settle to the bottom. <laughs> it's a it's an RSC journal, but it's a new one. Mm. So it won't have an impact factor for a couple of um, couple of years. But you're right, nanoscale advances have been sending out a lot of paper invitations, yeah. which I did accept, but I haven't submitted they it. They want your Me money. Too. Oh, really? uh, no, it's uh, free to... For a couple of years it will be. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and then they'll yeah. start charging. Exactly, yeah. Uh, what it, what's it called? It is Vortex Fluidic Mediated Transformation of Graphite into Highly Conducting Graphene Scrolls. Oh, great. great. So Sounds catchy. great. This one's been going on for a few years now. Oh, the scroll stuff. It's I was the there when you were working paper. on the scroll yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Here it repeatable? It yeah, always is. <laughs> <laughs> loads of scrolls. Loads yeah, of loads. scrolls. They're everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Everywhere. Every time I change the... Oh, I'm still recording you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, they're very good. Yeah, the load, loads of scrolls. All right. Now. Uh, uh, your author position, please. Oh, gosh. I oh, he doesn't know. I'm in... I'm actually nearest to the end. I think I'm third or fourth from the end, but there's probably about quite a few authors on it. So I'm in the, the last third. Okay. Mm. Easily the last third. Do you make comments on, on author position like you've you've been working on this you did quite a lot of work on this one i think yeah when i saw it i was i was like okay that's probably okay i did i did do a lot of work on it but that was a while ago there's been quite a bit of work on it recently so i was was okay i have made comments on author position 
Not often, but it does happen on occasion. Mm. Happened a couple of years ago. In, in I fact. said something about my author order and your paper, and nothing happened. I got moved down. I uh, know he said it, and you got moved. <laughs> what you got a shoved. dickhead! You got shoved. Uh, yeah. I still haven't. I, I, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I doubted that you cared really. <laughs> I, so well, I did don't you just care. Say you I haven't like, read it. I haven't read the response. I haven't read the paper. I don't care about it. The one thing I do care about is the fact that I could be annoyed at you. Tucci. Touche. Touche. Yeah. Tucci. All right, here we go. Oh, The journal Nanomaterials <gasps> is now indexed in Scimago, Schimago, Skymago. Do you I know what that is? No idea what all you're right. saying. Yeah, that's all right. So... This is an interesting thing that's happening now with the different databases. So Scomago is a, a journal rank indicator. It's a measure of scientific influence of scholarly journals. So the oh, university right. is now using Scomago, Schimago, whatever you want to call it. And so when we produce papers, they're ranking them based on this. So they have different quartiles, quartile one, two, three, four. So when mm. you publish a paper in a certain journal, that journal is ranked in the quartiles. Mm. And nanomaterials, which is a journal i've published quite a few papers in now Ugh. was not ranked in skymargo skymargo they gotta come up with a better name it's probably skymargo and i emailed Skymar. them and said I think it's what is going Majo. on Majo. ski Majo. whatever it is and i emailed them Skim and said Joe. why are you not indexed <laughs> because without that the university won't give me any points Skimarge. for these papers madge Vaj. you're ruining the segment um and now they've finally put it in so Great. I'm actually happy because of your email. Well, probably not just my email. And uh, so Q1, I think, is the best, isn't it? Uh, I think it's a quartile one, yeah. Oh, so that's quite yeah. good. So I get a lot of points for that. Top 25%. Yeah. Oh, Something brilliant. like that, yeah. Oh, that's so great. But depends what the area is. So you could have a journal that's got a very low impact factor, but if it's in an obscure area, it could, could sneak into quartile one. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, very happy about that. Boom. Um, went camping on the long weekend. Oh, how oh, was that? Proper camping. What Ooh. do you mean proper camping? Was uh, there a toilet? There, no. Well, what? there, there, there what? was a toilet probably about three or 400 meters away, a drop toilet. Okay. You well, couldn't get close. you it's couldn't close. get to it during when the when the sun went down. Yeah. So it right. was Joyce bought a toilet bucket. Oh, oh gross. Yeah. Yeah. Just poo in the woods. Yeah. Well, buy I, a shovel. I, I, I Who? sort of put that idea forward that was uh, shouted down, ruled out, I should say. Do you know the proper way to use a toilet shovel? Is you poo on the shovel, you lay it down on the floor, you poo on the shovel like spade bit, like mm -hmm. the actual like scoopy mm -hmm. bit. Or not the handle. No, no. And then you put a rock under the handle and you stomp on the handle and it flings the poo <laughs> into the woods. <laughs> that That's... is the only way to use a toilet shovel. Anyway, back to me. Well, good, so, good for, well yeah. done. Kids had great fun. They I loved bet. it. Didn't bathe for three days, oh, covered in dirt. Brilliant. Um, loved the fire and it was busy the whole time. Well done. Joyce was listening to our podcast today. Uh-oh. And it was our camping oh, podcast. And nice. in it, I'd completely forgotten what we said. Well, you said you hate camping. I said <laughs> that the priority is to keep the kids safe. That's yeah. what it's all about. Uh, yeah. On the camping trip, there were some unsafe things Ooh, that you that were happened. encouraging. Well, we were, had to chop wood, right? Brilliant. And Sean was like, I want some of this action. Give me an axe. Yeah. And so she was chopping quite a lot of wood and I was quite nervous yeah. the whole time. Safety glasses on? No safety glasses on. Face shield? And kids did get wood in their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there was a little three-year-old kid there who had his own hatchet. <laughs> Every time he picked it up, I was like... <laughs> and he'd get up, chop, 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 chop. And I'm like, and then some of the kids are like, they've got their foot yeah. beside oh, the wood no. and the axe is coming oh. down. And there was a lot of adults like, stop, stop yeah. now, stop now. So next time I go camping, it's going to be a little different. We're yeah. not going to, we're not going to let the kids go so crazy with the axes. Yeah. Buy them slingshots. Yeah. Uh, or a gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was great. So where, you, where were you? Kaipo Forest. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That's lovely. Yeah. yeah, I've been there a couple of times. It was very good, very good. So, um, yeah, going to be a bit more careful in the future. Good on you. But anyway, that's it. Boom. Boy, oh, I hate that. Uh, all right. I'll go. Uh, what have I been doing? So, you know I've been doing these LinkedIn videos. What? Yes. I'm nearly up to. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I'm Good. nearly up to my 100th video. Oh, you've done more of them than you have this podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> what? Every So 100 days, I've edited it for at least an hour and a half, putting together a video for the next morning. Mm. Now, a, three, a two minute video. Three minutes. Thank you very much. Ah. Yeah. How are they always exactly three minutes? No, they're normally, so they can range from about two minutes to five minutes, but I always, I don't want them to go over three minutes. No okay. One, no one's got time. But sometimes you've got minutes. so much content, you're like, I can't cut this. Sometimes, less than yeah, five look, sometimes I, you know, it comes down to I could cut it, but it would take me another hour to try to extract the actual narrative. So it's in. Um, Anyway, so I've been told that at about 100, that's when things start happening. Ooh, what does that mean? So, like, people start getting in contact with you, like, opportunities turn up, like, your connections, you know, start thinking of you. Celebrities become your friends? Yeah, that's right. Everyone's going to be, everyone's becoming my friends on LinkedIn, or 500 million of them. But I had a phone call today, no, yesterday, with someone in Singapore. Okay. They said... Because I've got this email on LinkedIn or this direct mail being like, hey, can you just arrange? I'd love to talk to you about this idea that I've got. Can you um, connect with me? Here's my calendar. Choose a time. Hmm. When that happens, they're normally ready to sell you something. They're Mm -hmm. not interested in you. But this was different. I met up with uh, this lady uh, who was in Singapore. She was Kiwi, used to be in Australia. And she's now an advisor for the New Zealand government's innovation and science STEM thing. They're developing a course with Google and Facebook on innovation, science, and communication. And she was like, would you be interested in helping me design the communication and like science STEM innovation Mm. kind of modules for schools in Singapore and New Zealand? Whoa. And I was like, Yes, yes, I guess I would, yes. Let me check my schedule. That's right, yeah. And well she was done. like, oh, no, I'm pleased you're interested. I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm quite busy, but uh, I guess I could, <laughs> like, uh, you know, this is only a first contact. No one knows if this is actually go anywhere. Yeah. But she was like, you know what? I was thinking about a communicator who's got a science background and creates content. And she was like, oh, Dr. Andrew Stapleton. Of course. So it's working. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, that's man. That's what I need to that's what I need. People think of you when they think of science communicator that's right. videos. So when well, when do you say to her, show me the moolah? Uh, I think once uh, Google call me up and say, Hi Dr. Andrew Stapleton, you're amazing. Uh, we'd love to be we'd love to work with you. Very good. Um, and so that happened, which is great. I'm finishing off some videos for UniSA Ventures, which is excellent. So that's actually something that has been hanging around for ages, but it's going really well. Um, and also I've been invited to give two talks, one in Melbourne in September. I can't do it though, because I'm in the UK and I'm giving one at UniSA ECR network in September when I do get back on the 13th. Well done. So there we are. Opportunities galore. Whoa. Boom. Cameroon. Uh, today I went on AndyMatter.net. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. wow. What's on AndyMatter.net? What's not that? a lot. No, not anymore. The People Forum and uh, your last post on AndyMatter.net. Oh, yeah. What was that? November 2017. Wow. That was a long time ago. <laughs> I've got to take that shit down because it's like sweary and stuff. <laughs> oh, you're too. You're not the uncensored uh, science comedian anymore? Not anymore. It's tough. Like, no one was interested. <laughs> Some people thought it was funny. Most people thought I was annoying. Uh, but I saw that you're now doing blog posts on verbalize.science. Yes. That's what made me think, well, hang on. He's not doing blogs on his blog. No, that's right. Yeah. So, I've no, I'm doing verbalize.science. So, I put out 100 plus ridiculously useful tools to promote your research. That was our latest one. So, that was just a, a resource one. But I am putting out um, blogs on andrewstapleton.com.au about... Ooh digital strategy, content production, um, communication, that sort of stuff. Okay. Yeah, I didn't look on that one. I'm oh, still so coming much. up when I Google it. So, I um. Do you know what? <laughs> it is, and I know why. Because my search console is telling me that Google is offering up andrewstapleton.com.au when people type in Andy Stapleton, Andrew Stapleton. It may just be buried a little bit. So this is what you need to do. When you do it, go find it. Click yep. on it and Google will be like, ah, oh, that's what people are looking for when they type uh, it out and they'll start boosting it to the top. Okay. Uh. That's that, I need your help. You need some clickers. I need some clickers. Go click. 
Uh, do you remember I I was complaining about the whole grant process um, every episode this year? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, it rings a bell. Rings a bell. Yeah, this is familiar. So, and I think that perhaps even very recently I talked about how I think we could remove the idea of writing large grants, having people read a market, submit their mark, and then yeah. those marks being collated, yeah. mm-hmm. and just replace it with a pitch. Yeah. Where you present your scientific pitch to, I said, a person, yeah. but it could be a board of people. Yeah. On Friday. What? Where's we, my uh, research team. I think you were about to say, we're doing one. My research team is doing a pitch in Ooh. order to hopefully obtain grant money. Oh, to who? So this is part of ASTRI, the Australian Solar Thermal Research oh, yeah. Institute. Oh, yeah, very good. Um, I don't know exactly how money has been passed out before by this group because I haven't really been working in this mm-hmm. area until now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the most recent set of money, they uh, there was a one, you could write a one-page project proposal Right. And then from that, it's a 15-minute pitch. So That's great. Via Skype or Zoom, yep. we uh, have a presentation to prepare. Oh, wow. Um, and even though I said previously like a five-minute pitch would be good yep. because you just need the basics, yep. we're finding it very hard to fit all the information into 15 minutes. Yeah, right. How yeah, about... Here we are. This is andrewstapleton.com.au coming out. Oh, no. How about... You get rid of all the all the information. Mm-hmm. And tell a story. There was a man, <laughs> <laughs> like the Gruffalo. Yeah, yeah. So the problem I'm having with the idea of telling a story what's the, what's is the that there are nine selection criteria that we need to meet. Oh, so they actually say talk about these nine things. Yes, uh, and there a score for score assigned to those nine things. Okay, God. well you can't do and, that then. And story isn't even one of them. No. Jesus, personal wrong story. And should you spend about a minute and a half on each of these yeah. criteria? That's the that's not the idea. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, that that is tough. Bloody hell. Yeah. Well, good luck, Schmoopster. Yeah. Good luck, mate. Yeah. So you can do it. Are you tag teaming it? No. So one person's going to present, and it's not me. But oh. I've been doing my fair share of preparing the presentation. I bet. And after the fifteen-minute presentation, there's thirty minutes of discussion and questions. So I'll be oh, there. Okay. I'll be there to pipe in with some facts, yeah. or keep my mouth shut when uh, <laughs> until you, some you, facts aren't quite said correctly. The person doing the talking will be doing a number of practices, I assume. Maybe oh, science see, practices. Just see. do it. Do it on your own in the toilet. That's what everyone does, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and so, final bit of thing. No, this will get cut. I'll tell you anyway. Go it's interesting. Go on. Say it. So we had a. We're thinking of getting uh, a reactor built by this Dutch company who just right. built bespoke reactors. Bespoke oh, reactors. Bespoke, I love it. Oh, oh what would bespoke. you like? A bespoke reactor. Now, that's a scientific word. <laughs> I like that. It's a good word. And so the guy from uh, the Netherlands came and visited us, gave me oh, a little, gave that. us all of us gifts. Oh. Oh. You know this trick. Belgium chocolates. You know this uh, trick from the from my lunch the other yes. week. Give them free stuff, and they're more likely to spend money with you. Oh, okay. Was it good? What what gifts did you get? Uh, I got a. Uh, you're not gonna like this. After you've said that, it was a, a tulip in a can. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me feel sick. What is, what is that? Tulip's a flower, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It is comp- in a can. Only yeah, so- psychopaths. Do so that. I uh, I take the the lid off the can yeah. and then I add water and then in six or eight weeks I'll have a tulip. <laughs> That's brilliant. It's lame. Are you dating him now? Because <laughs> he gave me flowers. Yeah. <laughs> he did. He gave you a flower that you have to grow yourself. <laughs> so you go, how, do you think that's going to influence our decision? I'd say so because, yeah, you're yeah. going to sit there, look at all... Yeah, all ne- you, negatively, negatively. <laughs> <laughs> it is about a, a $250,000 piece of equipment. Oh. I don't think a tulip's going to do it. Oh yeah, yeah. He should have gone in with like golden tulips but flown in on helicopter. <laughs> but What's if he's it? making you a bespoke reactor, <laughs> what choice do you have? Yeah. Well, there's plenty of bespoke reactor Is there? manufacturers. Yeah. Oh, wow. mm. I bet you flew it's over a lot like... of money in bespoke reactors. <laughs> wow. So what? You just need to learn to weld. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Okay. Great. Do it. Boilermakers. How many? You see how many jobs there are for boilermakers in the newspaper? No, they're loads. 
I think so. I haven't looked for a while. It's probably <laughs> a, bit of, a bit of a crossover between boiler makers and bespoke yeah, reactors. Yeah, you can weld shit together. You're in. <gasps> Guess what, guys? What? We got feedback from listeners. Feedback from listeners. Feedback from listeners. Feedback from listeners. Um, I'll go first. We had some feedback on, uh, I think it was a couple uh, episodes ago. Do you remember we were talking about open science and I said, you know what? I read recently that Elsevier um, were adopting an open science framework to use alongside their stuff. You I don't, don't remember, remember any of that. You didn't say it. Anyway, <laughs> someone said at that point, close, Andy, but not quite. Oh, winky face. And they linked to a thing on The Guardian and the headline is all you need to know. Uh, Elsevier are corrupting open science in <laughs> Europe. <laughs> Elsevier. Well, yeah. I've had my experiences with Elsevier over the years. Yeah. So look, they're, they're all good. Mm. They're saying they're doing the right thing, but they're fucking it up. Yeah. So uh, look, thanks yeah. very much. Uh, I, there was no name attached to this. It was like fish thinkers or something like that. But uh, okay. thank you very much for Thank your... you, thinkers of fish. That's right. I've got a bit of feedback from a listener as well. What? Feedback from listeners from you? Yes. And you guys get feedback. And so I, uh, I started curating the Facebook page. Curate. There's a very... <laughs> curate. <laughs> I get in trouble for Gleam and we've got bespoke and curate. Hang on. Yeah, Both on, of those are very good words. He's oh. on fire tonight. I don't know. He's been reading the dictionary anyway. Uh it had been a while in between posts. Absolutely. Much like your Andy Madonet. Perhaps even the same time. Yeah, I gave about up about year. the same time. Um, <laughs> and so uh, our first post on Facebook, and we get a comment. <gasps> so I actually can't remember the exact reason why, but Andy, you said the name Tom Lehrer or uh, Lira for some reason. Okay. Do you remember why? No idea. Okay. So uh, Brett... Stansfield on Facebook yeah. uh, said, "Well, you said his name. You guys should be aware of this." And so he sent a, a put a YouTube video up on our Facebook page um, for Tom Lehrer, the Elements. Now, and, uh, Chris, it's in black and white, so you probably remember this from your teenage years. I do. Great. There you go. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, who was it? Brett. Awesome. Brent. Brent. Thanks very much, Brent. That's very good. Well, like, good. good feedback. Heard, you heard that before? I've heard versions of it, but I've not ever seen that version. Okay. I've heard people saying this that the element song, like hydrogen, and like they actually go through the periodic table. Okay. Whereas this guy was just going freestyle, freestyle yeah. elements. Okay. Interesting story about black and white television. I used to watch snooker and pool in black and white. Very Thanks. hard, very hard to know <laughs> who's sinking what. Yeah. Oh, we got an old bit of feedback on um, Andy Bay Net. Oh, did we? Old feedback. Now, either I didn't listen when you mentioned this, yeah, or we forgot to mention that. Do you remember ages ago we did a we all did the pers- a personality test? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And yeah. we all actually had there was a four different letters that you could have, mm. and we all happened to have the exact same personality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought, is that do all scientists have that personality or is it just us because we, we get along? Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike on the forum oh, yeah. did the personality test. Oh, what did Mike get? He was an ENTJ, which same, we were. Yeah. So that's four out of four people that we're aware of who uh, are P-pop fans. Maybe all P-poppers are, are ENTJs. Yeah, P-poppers. Go check. Maybe we need more up. people to do this. We need to increase N, the sample size. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> It's time for Topic of the Day. Topic of the Day. Topic of the Day. Oh. Oh, done a little bit of a decay at the end there, (laughs) Shmoopsy. Shmoopy, noopy, noopy. Yep. That's me. (laughs) So, uh, this was suggested by a listener a few weeks ago. Yes. And it had to do how much they observe academic and non-academic staff at, at Australian universities not mingling much. Hmm. 
Interesting. For example, having tea or lunch together. Interesting. Shroopy. Oh, he's looking at me, but he's talking <laughs> to you. That got me. That did get you. Go on, Gibbo, you go first. What on earth is is do you think about this? Well, what's interesting is I can't recall academic and non-academic staff mixing much in other places I've worked. I just can't remember it at all. Where have you worked? Uh, so I've worked at uh, Cambridge, University of Nottingham, University of Birmingham, University of Leeds, Flinders University. Mm. Oh, and Griffith University was where oh, I did my PhD. Griffith. So quite Griffith. a few, quite a few institutions. Now. I think at Flinders, I would safely say that non-academic and academic staff mix in the tea room pretty yeah. well. It's you guys would concur? Who do we mean exactly, just in case it's a bit confusing? So academic staff are what? Professors and... Mm, postdocs. Uh, postdocs po- to professors. Okay. So not PhD students? Students are students, I think. Okay. Uh, we but could kind of include them, So like research, this. like people... Grant-funded researchers yeah. through to academics, so, and yep. then a, a non-academic staff? Could be technical staff or professional staff or administrative staff. Yeah. So okay. those are people that uh, help run labs, uh, do undergraduate labs. Uh, what administrative else would they be work. Doing? Admin work. So okay. basically they've just said anyone non-academic. Yeah, okay. The, the rest of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, all right. No, at Flinders, back to your point, at Flinders, I believe it was one of the nicest tea room situations I'd ever had in a working environment, so much so that it was the downfall of my career. <laughs> I would never turn down a tea room uh, hangout. Very chatty, wasn't it? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. And in fact, it's where Peapop spawned. Yes, I guess that's true in a way, yeah. Because we used to hang out and people used to like come in and listen to us and that was it. That was how it happened. Yeah. Entertaining people. Yeah. Some good conversations happen there. Some good work conversations. I'm no, never. Not if I was there. Any collaborations no. established in the tea room? Nope. Not if I was there anyway. <laughs> My mission was to not talk about work at all. Well, mm. you said that your linkage grant has come came out of... Um, that did... Uh, res- uh, I remember walking chat. back from the tea room and talking to um, Alan Pring about linkage grants. Did and he retired yet? No, no, he, he's still there, right. still there, going strong. And he said, uh, "All right then. Well, would you like to be on this linkage grant?" And I went, "Yes, yes. thank you very well, much." Well, but that's ac- academic to academic. Yes, yes, yes. But I was just saying that 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 you can get fruity collaboration, fruitful, fruity. Co- fruitful collaborations <laughs> oh, so coming fruity. from uh, team Now back to the actual <laughs> topic. Yes, you're right. Um, mm. But non-academic and academic staff mix very well in the Flinders Tea Room. Yeah. But I cannot for the life of me remember. What it was like at other institutions. What, tea room? Do you remember well, the tea room situation? I remember the tea room in, in Cambridge. We used to have tea quite regularly. That was that was in the UK. Tea was very important. <laughs> um, but I can't rem- um, I can't remember. I mean, there was a lot of academic staff there. I cannot remember my, many non-academic staff being there at all, to be honest. So the Flinders has a bit of a unique situation, at least the places I've worked at, in that it's a very the building, the physical chemistry building is all of chemistry and all of physics. Mushed and they, together. And they share one tea room. Yeah. And the academic yeah. staff and professional staff all have tea in that same spot. Yes. Uh, whereas other places I've worked at, the tea rooms have been more for a fewer amount of people. Okay. Smaller areas, smaller volume. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, okay. Mm. And I think that, that has reduced like the amount of people that I've talked to. So at... Cambridge, if we're going to stick with that, what were you in a school or a department? How does that? I was in department of chemistry, and the tea room was on the top floor. But there was another building made, and they had a new tea room in that one. Um, and it was a big area, though, like quite a big. T- t- it would have been bigger than the one we have currently at Flinders. But I can only remember academic staff being there. Mm. So it's possible that some places they have separate tea rooms for non-academic and academic staff. I'm not sure. So in my undergraduate. It was very similar to Flinders. At Swansea University, there was one tea room for a relatively small chemistry department, but that was like, there was no physics, but it was, yeah, a strong chemistry, like inorganic, the whole, like it was just chemistry, I think. Yeah. And it kind of went into biology a little bit because of the type of instrumentation that was on the bottom floor. But there was a single tea room where everyone went and it was just lovely. Mm -hmm. Like academics would go in there, um, there was free 
tea and coffee, I remember. Mm-hmm. I think just like, you know, dirt cheap stuff. But it was there, you go in and it was never for working. It was always just like sit around a table, eat your lunch, have a chat. And then when I came back from my year abroad, uh, they'd moved the tea room, but it was the, still the same vibe. It was collaborative and and like someone like, uh, so there was a guy called Stan who ran the undergraduate labs and he would hang out in there as well mm-hmm. with academics and students. And yeah, look, it was really great. Uh, Newcastle. Mm. Now, now the, the question from the, um, the listener was specifically Australian universities. They, oh, think right. that they think that we're quite segregated. Ah, well, Your it, experience. Yeah, Newcastle University where I did my PhD, we would hang out in our offices or outside we would never there was a tea room but it was so rubbish that we rarely went in there and it was only really used by one academic staff member and the professional staff okay so there was a kind of segregation going on yeah that's interesting so we are segregating quite a lot outside of flinders so at at university of adelaide if we're sticking to australia Mm -hmm. there are no administrative staff in the chemistry department so where are they they're in the faculty building, which is in the physics building. So, oh, all right. So you're definitely not going to be having tea with them. So there's there's no uh, administrative staff. The technical staff in the chemistry department have tea at the exact same time every day. Uh, I think twice nice. a day, but I know the best time to find whoever I want to find is by going to the tea room at 11.30 in the morning. Yes. Um, but they, yeah, there's not a lot of mingling. I'd kind of just say... Hello, and but uh, I don't sit down and have tea. I don't. I go back to my office every time for tea at the mm. moment, and then when I have lunch, uh, no one really eats lunch in the in the tea room. So I'm mostly uh, sitting there by myself. Oh, that makes lunch. me sad. I'll come. <laughs> I don't need anyone to come. No, I'll I'm, come I'm with fine. you. Don't worry. Don't worry. I, I don't need so, it. So most people are eating their lunch where at their desks or yeah, I guess so. Uh, that's so I disgusting. So. Yeah. I hate people who eat at their desks. Yeah, very good. I hate them <laughs> deeply. <laughs> but I think Germany was even less likely for me to come across someone. So, oh wow, where I was, I was just in the physical chemistry building, hmm. uh, and there was a tea. I think there were two or three tea rooms each level. So we shared a tea room with another research group, and it was just the two research groups who had the tea room. Yeah, um, a monopoly. And then the administrative staff and other people had a different tea room um mm. and so i never ever mingled with them not yeah. once so some of the universities i worked at like university of nottingham we would leave the building we worked in and go to the cafeteria the calf on campus and that's where we would have mm. tea coffee and, and meals and things like that so depending where you work so maybe if you want non-academic and academic staff to mingle you've got to make a space for them to mingle yeah. and not give them any other spaces to go. Yeah, just one space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the question goes on to ask, does it go deeper into how technical staff and academic staff view each other? Now, mm. I had to think about this. Interesting. Because I have never been... I've uh, Clearly, I've never looked down on technical staff. Therefore, why... Why would it bother me if, you know, everyone's hanging out? I love a good chat. But I really feel like potentially technical staff don't want to hang out with academics. Have you heard academics speak? (laughs) It's boring as batshit. Like, all of the technical staff I've ever hung out with talk about normal things. Mm -hmm. And they talk about the weekend and their family and their friends and their hobbies. and their Yeah, they just, it's just so great. They do, that's true, actually. And every academic, nearly every academic, there's probably a couple of except, but nearly every academic I've sat with, I just am thinking, I do not want to be speaking. They to you right talk now. about their own research yeah. or what they want you to do for them. That's right. So I'm thinking that, you know, like I, in terms of how they view each other, I think the technical staff probably don't even want to hang out with academics because they are boring. Mm, I mean, there's there's a good couple of points there. I do find myself Not falling <laughs> into talking about research. research and academia and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Around people who are probably like, you know, they work from nine to five and then after, afterwards they, they don't have to it. worry about yeah. all the stuff 
Well, they've got a normal working yeah. relationship with their well, job. Well, an academic job is so much of it comes home with you as well. Absolutely. Which is a really annoying part of that, of the job. Yeah. So, yeah, you're quite right. Non-academic staff might be just like, I don't want to talk about your cantilevers. And yet at Flinders, production. at Flinders, they are quite happy to tolerate it. Tolerate is probably the good <laughs> word. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But you don't think it's a factor of looking... I don't think I've ever seen anything where someone wouldn't talk to someone because they're beneath them. No, that's is that, true. Is that, that's, that's no, not that I can at? recall. I can never recall anything like that. I, you know, if academic and non-academic staff aren't mixing together, I don't think that's really probably the reason. Mm. Um, I can't remember who it was that, that posted the question. But it's interesting that there have been places where that simply doesn't happen. They're not mixing as much. Yeah. And once again, I feel like it comes from the technical side because they're like... You think, uh, yeah, it's up to them whether they want to mix with the academics I mean, or not. To become an academic, you've got to be a certain type of person. You've mm-hmm. got to be really confident that you're the person to be able to do this very specific thing and you've got to be able to talk about yourself for hours mm. in mm. grant applications mm. it's probably why you like it so much Gibbo. well it's a it's it's a skill i'm still trying to master <laughs> but i'm hopefully getting better but yeah, yeah I, I mean that's quite possible it might be that non-academic staff are just get fed up with academic staff mm. shmoopy have you ever sat down with an academic that you're you're friendly with but not friends with and gone that was a bloody good chat yes excellent yeah of course so uh, plenty of them are Are you just playing the career game here yeah no no, i love everyone no because i I was also ready to say yes for the opposite way you could have asked oh okay all right (laughs) Um, so yeah i mean plenty of academics are good people to talk to and others are purely are so self it's not quite self-centered but it's almost self-centered yeah that like they are busy people and they only really care about getting their work done. Yeah. Um, and I can accept that. Uh, and I think technical staff can can kind of do the put same. up put up with it as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that maybe with, with all of our experiences, it's it doesn't seem to be nationality based. Um, no, no. But it just maybe just institution or uh, department based. So some just kind of have this gel going on. So mm. at, at Flinders Uni, we had the um, administrative staff worker, Jackie, oh, who was very brilliant. good at bringing everyone together because yeah. everybody yeah. enjoyed yeah. talking to her. Yeah. And so if she's in a conversation with someone, you just want to be part of that conversation. Yeah. And so if you have a. Um, conversation driver like that it's just going to force people to get to know each other better Mm. because perhaps lots of academics and maybe technical staff are also socially awkward to some degree as well that's true yeah science does tend to attract that type if i was sitting in a room with someone i would like nod my head and say hello and i would mostly wait for them to start the conversation Mm. whereas andy you're the type of person who would talk to anyone you would just start talking to them yeah um Chris, you're kind of in the middle between us, I think. I'd say so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It depends on my mood, I guess. Yeah, if you're tired. Yeah, if I'm tired and I'm feeling weary, I might might be a little less um, outgoing. You just mm. sit there and you just go, oh, <laughs> until they say, what's up? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or if, so I'm feeling, yeah, if I'm feeling like I want someone to, oh, God, oh, God. Bloody science and cantilevers. Oh, what's, going <laughs> what's going on, Chris? Uh, you know, bit of this, bit of that. Then I just launch into a tirade. Yeah. But don't you think, and this is true of most universities, I think, I've always had this feeling that the academics are kind of like, everyone is there to support them. Mm. Right? They do lecturing, they do research, and everything around there is to support them and what they're doing. So I do sometimes feel like there's that dynamic. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, particularly with any of the technical and admin staff, without them, it's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. Without them, everything falls apart. So both groups need each other. Although sometimes I wonder, I often think that we've got such good technical staff sometimes that they could run things quite good on their own. Mm. With the help of students and like they just, yeah. You know, and and perhaps don't need the academics quite so much. Ooh. And yet, and yet, that's not the way the university um, 
power structure is is structured you know mm. it's sort of centered around the academics mm. so yeah. now being the only person here with real life outside of academia experience that would Who's be fair that? in it you haven't had a proper job uh, I do plenty of things uh, in my life outside of academia. No, no, but I like a basketball job. basketball last Like a night. job. Uh, I, I, delivered, a... I delivered pizzas for a while. <laughs> right, no. I used to be a dishwasher. No. All right. So, <laughs> at, when, in my industry job, oh, yes. Dino yes. Nobel. Yes. Oh, you're getting to that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yep. This uh, is like your Cambridge, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Dino <laughs> Um. People did eat, like there was a team of six development chemists and we all sat at our desks and, and that was just the culture. And I think like... Wait, it, what, did you, what noise did you make when you were talking about eating, <laughs> eating at a desk? But it was so hard to change the, the culture, like everything, all of these things. that You talked about it as a conversation driver. And I tried my hardest but could not bring people together. Uh, you are the a good conversation driver. was mm. so... Deeply ingrained in that in that workplace, that you'll people, never you'll never break that. No, yeah, people yeah, got their food yeah. from the fridge, went back to their desk, mm. and did. I don't know what they did. So I just in like after trying it for six months, I was like, you know what? I, if you can't beat them, six months join you them. put in six months. Well, just like hey, do you want that's to go pretty get food? impressive. And, and like some people come walk to the place mm. where you get food, which is all deep fried stuff because it was in the country. But it it was really tough to change that culture, and I feel like Flinders had a great culture and no matter where you work whether it's academia because you know there's always structures in whatever job yeah. you're working in but if there's a driver of culture that's relatively high up then everyone's going to win so you need like academics and people to to be like you know what i'm going in at this time i'm going to talk to people whereas if they set the tone early on especially for nervous phd students or honor students that don't want to launch into conversation and be mental um yeah it's just like who drives culture it's the people at the top and if i think flinders is quite fortunate with the type of academics they have yeah and you've got to push the social events too somewhere yeah. you've got to have some kind of social event that gets people to drink alcohol <laughs> every your, every now and then silver bullet Beer. Every now and then, not all the time. Australia, or at least have some kind of social gathering that, yeah. that involves food or something like. You've that. You've got to do it enough that people go, "Another social gathering," because then you know you're making an impact. But then yeah. people, <laughs> when people start to complain, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's time for huh? spot the face. Spot the face. No, I think it's pick the fake. It's time for pick the fake. <laughs> wow, that's good. That's good. All right, everyone knows how this goes. Three options. Yep. One of them's fake. All right. Okay. These are the title of three papers: Darwinian aesthetics, sexual selection, and the biology of beauty. Second one. Second one. <laughs> So this is like in in uh, in quotations. So it's like someone speaking. The guys in there just expect sex. Full colon. Embodied and gendered socio-spatial practices of a night out in Wollongong, Australia. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready for the last one? Yep. Baldness. Uh-oh. Full colon. A sign of virility or lonely nights. <laughs> oh my god. And I've got, I've got, I've got information here for each of them. Oh, okay. So you've, you've backed it up with some, uh, some fake abstract. There is work. some, there is some fakeage. Well, one of them is. Yeah. All right. Schmoopy, take them in order. What do you think of each? Uh, not bad. Uh, you, all four colons. I think that's a nice uh, thing nice to group yeah, them all I, together. I, I found all of them with a full colon. <laughs> 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 That's pretty funny. Gross. Uh, <laughs> all right. So Darwinian aesthetics, sexual selection, and the biology of beauty. Yep. Uh, I mean, that sounds pretty real to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys in there just expect sex, embodied, engendered socio-spatial practices of a night out in Wollongong, Australia. I mean, it's so specific. If you, if he, if you made that up, that would be 
crazy, but at the same time, it just doesn't sound like a paper. Are these mm. so? Uh, what, <coughs> I mean, no. Are these? Is this a, in a journal? These are all. These are all in journals. Absolutely. Can you say the name of the journal? Journal is Gender, Place, and Culture. Impact Factor one point five nine four. Do we have impact factors for everything? Yes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all real journals. <laughs> I think yes. All right. <laughs> so and then boldness is sign of virility or lonely night. So yes. virility, like virility, is one of Chris's words. Yeah. <laughs> and also, he loves to think that I'm sat at home masturbating my hair away. <laughs> but he. Like, <laughs> That's not what that means at all. <laughs> This is th- this oh, paper is. Got, how do you think he became bald? Yeah, mate. No, no. This is a paper about um, testosterone levels in bald men, and does that does that make them more attractive to the to men and women? To men and women. Yep. But why the lo- why the lonely nights? I well, don't... does it, or do they have to spend all their time alone because they can't find anyone? Seems so wishy-washy, this mm. one. Well, there so, is wishy-washy papers out there. Now, Chris was quite good at finding ones which we thought we would pick as fakes last yeah. week. Yeah, I was very good at that. Now, <laughs> but he actually had written many more pick the fakes. Yeah. So is this from last week when he'd kind of thought, oh, I've gotten, I've gotten some good ones. I'll throw in a, an Andy joke. Uh, I see what you mean. Oh, there's a logic to that. Uh, perhaps, yes. Perhaps. So I gotta say I'm leaning towards the Darwinian aesthetics because Darwinian is another one of Chris's words. I do like Darwinian. Um, Sexual selection of the biology of beauty. I am leaning between the Darwinian aesthetics, but I'm just no. I'm going for Darwinian aesthetics. I think that he's found a boldness one, Mm -hmm. and he's so happy with himself. Yep. Hmm. All right, I'll take them in reverse order. Um, So, boldness a sign of virility or lonely nights. Ah. I, no, like that one just rings out to me that Gibbo's setting himself up for a great joke. Uh, the guys in there just expect sex, embodied sociopathic. Do you know what? I feel like that one's real just because I think socio, like the socio something paper. Like socio spatial. But mm, that's not a Gibbo word. No. That's easily something I could come up with. Come on. <laughs> come on. I love it. It's a great term, though. Isn't Do you have it? any other questions about papers? I didn't ask much about the content. Yeah, all right. So where <laughs> is where's he spent? He spent a afternoon. Yeah, it's <laughs> away. Jesus, quiz right. me on it. Come on, boldness. What paper is that in? That's in the journal Current Biology. Impact Factor nine point two five. Cites six four three. Published in two thousand and one. No, there's no way this is in six hundred and forty three sites. There yes. is no way Absolutely. that this paper Absolutely. is in something that's a nine point something oh. impact factor. Mm. That's too. That's too confident for it yeah. to not be real. You got to understand. What do boldness I have to understand? is a topic people are very passionate about, That's particularly true. those who are bald. Yeah, well, men in science who are going bald. So you have to think that. about where would funding go? Do you think baldness could get funding back yeah. in the two thousands? Well, we we fund impotence a lot. I think that's uh, anything love to that. do with men. Yeah. I mean, has been funded traditionally in science quite well. All right, Darwinian aesthetics, sexual selection, and the biology of beauty. Where did where was that published? Uh, hold on. Give me, um, Oh, shit. I didn't write down that journal. All right. Oh, <laughs> that's the one I picked as the fake. Yeah, All right. I'm going to go write with my journal. <laughs> I'm going to go with my gut instinct and say baldness. Uh, do you want to know the answer? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's baldness, yeah. Yeah! <laughs> so obviously can I, I can please read like, out my fake like, abstract? Yeah, Because I put a lot can. of work into that. <laughs> baldness. <laughs> a sign of virility or lonely nights. <laughs> Testosterone levels in bald men have been reported by numerous research groups to be higher than in non-bald men. The question remains, does increased testosterone manifest as increased attractiveness? attractiveness? Our study indicates that there is a statistically significant proportion of men and women, 12 to 15%, who find, bo- <laughs> who find bald men more physically attractive than non-bald men. While measurable, this relatively low percentage falls, falls within what is considered in the literature as a fetish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, anyway. That's well pretty done. good. Thank well you. Oh, I really spent some it's time on that. 643 sites. Now, yeah. I thought that would suck you, you in. I really no. did. 
Anyway. And also nine point something impact factor. You said very yeah, blase. Like, now, is that a real journal or do you make up the journal? Current biology is a real journal. And that's yeah. the real impact factor? I, 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 yeah, I looked up um, journal of sexual selection and I couldn't find that. There was mm. no re- journal like that, but current biology was the closest. All right. Wicked. That's one, one down. One more. One more. So we're just going to do one more, aren't we? So I, I might so. actually skip to a different one. Oh, all right. Um, I'm not going to do a paper this time. Oh, what is it? It is going to be pick the fake Trump tweet. Oh, excellent. This is going to be great. Okay. Trump voice? Oh, wait. what's his voice? What's his voice? Give me a hand here. The big wall. <laughs> <laughs> Huge. It's not that. <laughs> China. <laughs> China. 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 Um, all right, I can't, I can't do it, so I'll just say it. Um, this is his first tweet. And this, this is it. Despite the negative press, Kovfefe. <laughs> yeah. And number two? Despite the witch hunts and the fake news Russia conspiracy, the American economy is booming. Those who believe in America are winning and making America great again. Number three. Why would Kim Jong-un insult me by calling me old when I would never call him short and fat? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I try so hard to be his friend and maybe someday that will happen. Number four. Kim Jong-un just stated that the nuclear button is on his desk at all times. Will someone from his depleted and food-starved regime please inform him that I too have a nuclear button, but it is much bigger and more powerful than the one he has, and my button works. Now, I remember Kofefe was a thing. Do you remember yeah, what, what was Kofefe? Can we ask you questions, Chris? Did you look yes. up uh, what was Kofefe? So I remember it when it first came out, yeah. and I, I always thought he just tweeted Kofefe. <laughs> I didn't realize that there was actually some words before it, and, yeah. and it makes no sense at all. Even what he what he tweeted, yeah. People so what he saying... tweeted was basically, despite the negative press, Kovfefe. So Kovfefe must mean, um, despite the negative press um, like... coverage, is what he must have been meaning to write. Uh... But he didn't. But that's all he wrote. So yeah. obviously there was supposed to be more. The idea is that he probably fell asleep. Ah, right. yeah, okay. And then Kofefe. And then apparently, I, I think Kofefe. this I don't remember very well, but didn't they try and they try and made, made out that it was a real word or something for a while, his press people or something oh, like that? Oh, no idea. Yeah, look, yeah. it's something stupid. That so it's become, a, it's become a word now that I, th- it's, it's, it's now in the lexicon mm. and people use it to describe nonsensical tweets. Kofefe. Yeah. So he's made a word. So that one's real. Okay, yeah. So I think that one's real. Okay. So the second one was, um, despite the witch hunt and the fake news, Russian conspiracy, the American economy is booming. Those who live in in America are winning and making USA great again. So that's not a funny one. He doesn't always do funny ones. He does like to do, and he does like to talk about how he's being victimized. So, so I, had, I thought I'd better throw in one that's not humorous because all the other ones are. Would um, Just to make sure that we're picking the right fake, you didn't just change one or two words from a tweet. It's no, like, no, 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 it's no, no, no. It's completely made up because I haven't written down. Up. So that one, I mean, it sounds plausible, but it's the also other, no, like it's a very uh, buzzwordy that it is something yeah. that could be faked. It's like, all right, China, trade wars, make America great. Sounds like a gibbo. Could be. Could be. I can't say. Can't say just yet. Uh, all right. So uh, why would Kim Jong-un insult me by calling me old when I would never call him short and fat? That's a brilliant one. Uh, That's a true. That, I, I remember that one being true. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. That is... It's incredible. It is crazy, isn't it? It's and a I, great one. I mean, it's not... Gr- I mean, he's fat shaming him, which is a bad thing. Yeah. But to think that the President of the United States... <laughs> Sends these tweets. Yeah, <laughs> it it's I, I it's it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. I think he did something recently just like that with uh, Nancy Pelosi. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he sent one out. They sent a doctored film clip of her where they slowed down her speech to make it look like she was drunk. Oh, he shit. retweeted it. Oh, nice. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Anyway. Uh, so real. Maybe. Andy, I would never call you. I would never call you uh, bald and uh, pointed nosed. 
I would never call you <laughs> Small Willy. Good. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, and the last one he said was uh, a North Korean leader, Kim Jong-un, has just stated that the, nu- that the nuclear button is always on his desk at all times. Would someone please tell him that I also have a button and it is bigger than his? I've Essentially, that you're paraphrasing, you but that's fine. Much bigger and more powerful and his button works. Oh, and his button works. Um, Trump's button works. It works. It works. So I, I'm tossing up between this one and the second one, the one about Russian conspiracy and making USA great again, as my as the fake. Mm-hmm. I'm going second one's a fake. Russian one's fake. Uh, all right. I'm gonna go with uh, the North Korean leader. Is one is fake. The button. The button one. All right. Are you ready for the answer? You're both wrong. Oh, what? No, Andy, you're right again. Yeah! <laughs> doubling up in on the winner. Doubling up. I beat Cameron. Doubling up. Oh, I'm going to take over. Doubling up. Right. I'm the best, best, best. <laughs> it's not your section. Did you want one more? One more? No, no. It's, All right, that's good. Look, Music is provided by the awesome Adelaide-based band Voice Rom. Go check out their stuff on their Bandcamp website. Also, remember to subscribe to us on your favourite podcast app, like our Facebook page, join in the forum, andymad.net, and leave us a review on wherever you get this podcast, because that helps us a load. Cameron, sponsor for the week. You were just listening to Published Perishable Podcast, and it was brought to you this week by our future sponsor, Twitter. Read, uh, read uh, um, Andy and Trump's tweets on Twitter. Both are very entertaining. Goodbye. Goodbye.